All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I am your co-host, Coach Maples, a.k.a. J. Mapes, here as always with Kings. Kings, what is going on? Hanging in there, man. Raiders, Raiders trying to keep me stressed, man. But... I was just about to, that was my first question. I was like, Jimmy G, um, <laughs> will, I, I, I checked your tweet history earlier. Will you be deleting the tweets? <laughs> no, I will not. Hey. <laughs> I t- I told Kings I told Kings like two months ago they were gonna get Jimmy G. Hey, so you are you are not in favor of uh, well I think he's a stopgap but you know I, I just found that funny. Uh, you just heard Jordan Jordan uh, dropped in there. Jordan Tabrow Sports CEO, what's going on, my guy? How's it going? Bro, everything was good until Gonzaga didn't cover that minus four and a half because uh, with 0.7 seconds, TCU hit a three-point shot to uh, only lose by three. That was uh, – it doesn't get much worse than that. So, Hey, man, Kyrie said people fall out of love with the game because of people like you, man. Yeah, Kyrie's lying <laughs> to himself, too. So it is what I'm it not, is. I, I, had to, I, I had to mess with you, bro. I, I, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Man, been a couple weeks. We had some guys go out. We had, you know, guys go out of town. Couldn't link up midweek, uh, but we are back in that time. Got to give Kings and George some kudos here. MVP race that seemed was kind of over suddenly is a very, very much a very close three horse race. Joker obviously has been in the pole position most of the year. It would seem like uh, his numbers have taken a slight dip, and Nuggets took some tough losses. Giannis has the Bucks on a tear. Embiid has been the foundation for the Sixers, who are now actually the second seed via tiebreaker over the Boston Celtics, who have dropped a three. We'll get into those, them a little bit later. Um, starting with Kings, man, kudos, kudos to both of you. You guys both said it wasn't a – you never even had Joker in the first place as your MVP. You were all on Giannis and Embiid. It will seem like the conversation is more than alive right now. What have, say guys, what have you guys seen in the? What have you guys seen the couple, last couple weeks? Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. I want to say something real fast. I know Kendrick Perkins listens to the show, and Kings and I have been we've been very steadfast. We've been very in our we we've stayed true to our voices. We said that it, there was racism involved in this in this MVP race. We said it all along. Me and King's both been been there. We've been saying it. And Kendrick Perkins took it to a national level. And all of a sudden, we see Embiid uh become the favorite. Yeah, I'm, I would say he's the betting, he's the betting favorite right now, I think. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it was us, but it, you know what? I feel like we we started it, dude. We definitely started the uh the campaign. I mean, I, I want I want to be careful with the word selection. I wouldn't I wouldn't say like racism feels. It's like you know there there've been white MVP you know MVPs yeah, but, and black. Ninety nine percent of the MVPs have been have been black. So like, but it's like guess, it's like King tweeted out. He was like, bro, like ninety nine percent of the league is black. So like obviously there's going to be more black MVPs. And like look at Steve Nash when he almost won the third MVP in a row. And who did he lose to? Dirk Nowitzki, you know what I mean? Like, it it exists, dude. Whether you want to admit it or not, like racism in America exists. And I don't want to get down that road, but it's like, you know, King's tweet the other day was like perfect, bro. Like, it was, it just made a ton of sense, and it was there. It 
we we I don't want to put a, I don't want to like uh you know give us all the kudos, but bro, we were there all along, man. We've been saying it, and it's it we bullied the NBA voters, dude. And, um, <laughs> and it, it's happening, bro. You know, I, I will say, especially on this new account, um, outside of that uh Christmas video on the nation, <laughs> that, outside the Christmas video on the nation, uh, the MVP tweets. <laughs> The MVP piece I put out has got, have gotten the uh, the most engagement, honestly. The, the ones that I put out that have said, I know I had Giannis, and that I said you could argue and be entertaining people. It's so funny because people laughed at MB. Like every time I would put MB, people laugh at him, and he's now my favorite uh, to win the MVP award, which is which is pretty funny considering how people looked at him um, coming in. But uh, yeah, you know, the tie was, I think, turning when. Um, you know, the it, the point was made was the analytics, but when people started pointing out that the analytics were heavily skewed towards offense because it was easier to measure and defense really didn't get a full capture in the impact stats, we had guys like Kevin O'Connor say, you know what, maybe we need to reevaluate that. You know, Kevin O'Connor was one of the first prominent guys I say, seen that say, you know, I, we don't take into consideration defense enough. Uh, so Giannis is probably getting shortchanged in this conversation. That was something I saw Kevin O'Connor say a, a few weeks back, uh, you know, after obviously we had already been talking about, but he said that a few weeks back. And then later, slowly but surely, you know, with that poor performance the Nuggets had been on, uh, you, you know, the defensive lapses and the defensive, uh, you know, uh, drop-off was has obviously been heavily portrayed and covered at this point. But with, with that happening and with the, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks win streak, the dominance of Embiid on back-to-back, you know, uh, leading the NBA in scoring for back-to-back years. One, I think the first time a big man has done that in a while now, and he's doing it while playing dominant defensively. I mean, not not necessarily dominant in the sense that he's the best defensive, but he's a great defender at the, at minimum. You know I mean? He's a great defender at minimum, uh, borderline elite while leading the league in scoring, shooting well. I mean, it's like, it's just hard, bro. Like, you can't just sit here and just blindly point out stats and say impact metrics and say that's fine and somebody actually tweeted me about this you know uh, he was watching zach lowe's podcast uh you know this wasn't me who watched this This was somebody who tweeted me he tweeted me he said yeah yeah, zach lowe has a bunch of stats that he looks at that he likes to take consideration voting and he doesn't know the actual uh math that goes into behind it he just puts the numbers he assesses them based on what they're supposed to measure and that's how he factors into his analytics for voting so this is what was given to me in the tweet on, on the podcast. And, uh, you know, that and that part on my issue that we had when Paul was on our, on this episode talking about how people are using numbers that, quite frankly, they don't know what's going in to, to analyze what's being <laughs> We had, you know, we had uh, Joseph come on in previous yep. episodes talk about this same issue about people citing metrics. And Joseph's the guy who's an analyst guy working professionally for NBA, uh, for uh, professional basketball teams on the analytics department, saying the same thing. People are using numbers and metrics. They don't even know what went into the calculation for them to actually know the pros and cons and the strengths and weaknesses, but they see a number, they see an impact metric, and they just roll it. And people were using that in arguments as, you know, like, even if I didn't watch the game, if I didn't watch the whole tape, but I didn't put everything together. If he checks out this box on this LA, then he's definitely had a better season. Like it's not even close. Like how can you, how can you do, how can you just operate like that? Not even knowing what the actual metric is attempting to measure, uh, you know, from a numerical standpoint. So just a lot of stuff that went into it that, 
you know, a lot of people were vocal against and it made it made writers have to, you know, examine it. They examined how the Nuggets had played and they said, hey, we were quick to crown and now I just turn and we, I don't want to give anybody any single credit, but a lot of people were mad, rightfully so, about how it was being, uh, the voting was being, uh, was being conducted, how they were saying it was basically a done deal. And this is why you can't say that because look what's happened. Look what's happened since we had all that. Now it's changed. Like that's why people said it can't be a done deal. Like you can't just say that. It was too close for you to say that, and you're seeing it now at the end of the year. Yeah, I I, I thought it was um, yeah, especially now that Milwaukee and Philadelphia have better records than uh, Denver in a more top heavy conference. Especially you factor in the stuff that. Uh, Giannis Middleton's been in and out the lineup, not quite a hundred percent yet. Um, so right now I've, I've officially switched to Giannis as the MVP, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Uh, yeah, me and Jordan's guy for the whole year. I got, I got, I got, I got him beat second, but you know, um, yeah, that'll be really interesting to see, you know, how that all pans out. I just, I think, I think the, the, the underlying issue for me, which I thought was, was the fair question, I was that, um, Joker wasn't being afforded the same quote unquote voter fatigue that was the label that was placed upon uh Giannis and other guys based on well, you know the Jason. The I, th I think honestly, Jason, you you phrased it perfectly the other week. You were like, Yo, we live in a world where Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant all played since Larry Bird was the last three-time MVP in their primes, and neither one of those guys won three-time MVP. And there's nobody in this world that watches or follows or played basketball at a high level that would sit here and tell you that Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant are top five in the in to ever play the game of basketball. So, like, for, you know, Jokic to win three-time MVP, you're putting him in – you're putting him in a conversation of a lot of elite players, dude. And you, I thought you phrased it perfectly in the, in the sense of that, which I think in my opinion, opened up a lot of eyes and, and for myself included, like, you know, damn dude, he's, he's right. Like LeBron, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, none of those guys won three in a row. And we're about to see Jokic win three in a row. And nobody in this world considers Jokic the best player on the planet. Not even his own peers, dude. They chose him last in the All-Star game. No, I know he didn't want to be there. <laughs> he does not like that game. But that's, uh, yeah, I mean, like, this, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how this all pans out. Shifting to the Western Conference champion from last year, the Golden State Warriors. Um, God. Man, that team... Absolutely stinks on the road. Uh, mirror <laughs> records: twenty nine and seven at home, seven and twenty nine on the road. Just defensively, uh, I think a lot of bad defense, a lot of bad shooting luck. I think somebody pointed out teams do normally shoot better at home, but the Warriors like it's like a very extreme in their case. So um, I got to ask you guys: are they're still sitting seventh? They're a playing team right now, half a game behind Dallas in the sixth, two games behind the Clippers for the fifth spot. Are the Warriors cooked? And by cooked, I mean, are they no longer a threat for an NBA championship? Kings, I'll start with you. It's very hard to, to have a team be that bad on the road. In the <laughs> it's, it's, bro, I, I, I literally can't pick them just because it's just 
bro, that's just too bad. Like, you can't do that. Like, you, especially when you're not a top seed, you can't be that bad, bro, and, and get to the finals. Like, it's just not happening. Maybe if Wiggins comes back and GP2, you can kind of reset it. But, I mean, I think Jordan had a great point because, you know, despite all the road concerns that people are now paying attention to, Jordan actually said it pretty early in the year, I think, after, like, uh, you know, a couple of months, three months came in. He Jordan was one of the first few I've seen point out that Warrior, the Warriors are not good on the road when it came to taking bets, taking spreads. And that just, <laughs> snow, that just kind of snowballed into just all-time bad for a, a playoff team on the road. Like, I mean, they are literally with the Houston Rockets and San Antonio Spurs on the road. Yeah. Well, uh, worst defending champion role record in NBA history. But go ahead, to your point. In NBA history. I mean, it, <laughs> look, I love my guy Wiggins. I'm not sure how much of a difference he and GP will make to that in terms of like, you know, they might be passable on the road when they come back. But I mean, it, it's just horrible right now. Um, and, you know, yeah, you can't pick them to, to, to go to a finals with if Wiggins and GP2 comes back. We can give them an outside shot, but even when they were there, even, I mean, even when Wiggins was there, the world record was not good either. So, you know, it's just something they dealt with. And I think somebody brought up a point. They rely so much on young guys to contribute. And you know, young guys are the, easily the most influenced when it comes to home and road and, and emotions and all that stuff. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies are, are, are a factor that day too. You know, I think last year when they had the, their great year, they were amazing at home and they struggled on the road. Every heavily dependent young team has that factor for them. So, um, you know, it, it makes no surprise that the Warriors relying on young guys to contribute have such drastic variance when they get when they get to the road. All right. Jordan, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with Kings. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just it's crazy how bad they are on the road. You just can't get past it. And as a betting on a betting perspective, it's like every time they're on the road, I just look at the other team. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to bet the other team. And it's like, you win money every time. You don't even think <laughs> about it. And that, that becomes an issue. And I agree with Kings in the sense that it's like, you know, young guys and role players, we always like the his throughout the history of the NBA, we know that young guys and role players perform better on at home than they do on the road. But I do think that there's a disconnect on this team because obviously we saw the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green issue early on. I do think that there's a lot a line drawn in the sand in the Warriors between the young guys and the veterans, right? Mm. I think there's a reason why James Wiseman got traded for Gary Payton Jr., who they could have just re-signed last year. Like mm. they gave up nothing to get, or they gave up James Wiseman a second round. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a second overall pick to get Gary Payton Jr. back. Like that tells me a lot about what's going on here. Now. Obviously, I'm not in the locker room. I can't speak to that. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on with Andrew Wiggins outside of basketball. Who knows? I know there's a lot of rumors going on in Twitter. I'm not even going to compliment on that or consider that. I just hope he gets better. But if things get come down to the playoffs and the Warriors are in the playoffs and Wiggins comes back and you got GP2, I do think that they are a scary team to deal with on the road yeah. or at home. I do think that they can be a contender because this Western conference is wide open. Wide open completely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's cooked just off their pedigree. They could catch lightning in the bottle. And plus the other factor of the conference not being that strong. So I'm not calling it cooked, but right. the, the, the burner is definitely on. 
It, it's so <laughs> <real>. <laughs> I'll say that. It, it's just it would be uncharted territory for them to have a deep playoff run with that road record. I agree. I, I just think it would be it would be uncharted territory to have a, a team with that with that road record. You know, how wild would it be though if they like get into the playoffs as a seven seed and then make it to the finals and they win a majority of road games? I mean, if you think six. about it from them and the Lakers, from them and the Lakers standpoint, it's it's a health thing. Like nobody would be shocked if either them or the Lakers get healthy and they were a bottom seed and they made the finals. Like nobody would be legitimately surprised. Like people who even hate them and pick against them would be mad, but you would, you know, they wouldn't be shocked if you know if they happened, you know what I mean? Kings Rika, he keeps jinxing the Lakers because every time he says that they're the best team in the West, they end up losing the game, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. The Sacramento Kings are gonna go to the Western Conference Finals. Remember, Stop I it. said this. Stop it right now. Listen, dude. listen. No, they're listen. not. I will listen. No. Listen. Listen. No, it's Jason. Listen. Best road record any playoff any playoff team in the West. Best playoff record of any playoff team in the West. That's an indicator. They have a historic offense. They have the best closer in basketball this year in the fourth quarter. I say what you want. That team is going to the conference finals. I might be buying the stock, at least for the deep playoff round. I might be buying it because – You have to watch them play, bro. It's special. I'm telling you. I might have to be buying it because of the way this West is, if you can put up points like the way they do, <laughs> like they can they can compete with anybody in the West. Like I they, I they, they win on they win on the and road. I'm telling you, they win, they win on, on the road. road unless it's against good teams because Milwaukee went into their house and beat them. No, in- no, we're not talking about the East. Eastern that's conference. the best, te- and that's the best team in the NBA right now. I know. Whoever wins the East is winning the championship. We're not talking about the East. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, I keep trying to, I, I keep wanting to buy the Sacramento Kings. I, I want to, but I just keep getting to this point where it's like they can't defend, dude. They're like one of the worst defensive teams in the history of the game. Yeah, but how many teams in the West defend at this point? That's a, that's a solid point, you know, but. It, <laughs> So but here's, here's my thing with that. Memphis is the best defense in the NBA, right? I just don't trust Dylan Brooks offensively in a playoff series. I, yeah. I've seen it too many times where he thinks it's his show. He wears that number 24 for a reason, obviously. Oh, God. And he will throw up a three for 17 game out the blue in a swing game five. And we'd be wondering what the heck happened. So yeah. I, I, it's, it, my thing is, I think this reminds me, just every team has holes, man, whether it be health, Depth, uh, you know, continuity. We're definitely starting to see uh, Denver's whole show big mm-hmm. time these last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a long. And with the Celtics, it's, it's going to be tough, man. Yeah, the Celtics thing is is, is where we'll definitely get to that. But yeah, man, I just I really believe Sacramento. I, I told you, I, I really think you're better off the bottom tier teams. You better off. I think you're you have a better best better bet against Memphis and Sacramento. I just don't know if those bottom teams can score with them like that. Yeah, but I, I, just, I really yeah. don't. And obviously, you, you have to beat them in Sacramento at least once. Yeah, but and they're a good road team, so it might be more than once. You're going to get a team like the Lakers or the Clippers that are going to face them in the first round, probably. I, I got them beating the Clippers, bro. Sorry. Nah, I think like, the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going. to – I think the way the Clippers are playing lately, I think they're going to stay. They might, they might actually push Phoenix for fourth or for the fourth seed. 
The Clippers uh, actually are trending. The Clippers are the Clippers aren't playing in the first round anyway. They do that. I think the Clippers are going to stay in there four or five. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, these Clippers will do that. They play the Lakers. Lakers though, that's a very tough matchup for them. And obviously, the Timberwolves are probably cooked now because Ant oh, might yeah. be out for the year. We're done. We're done. No, no, we're done. So that that pushes them out. But I mean, you know, you get a team like Oklahoma City, for example, they match up with the Clippers. I mean, that's an interesting matchup because you got two teams that have no history of playoff experience. Like the Kings probably have the most playoff experience. They have Harrison Barnes outside of him. I don't know if they have anybody with playoff experience. But the same same thing with the, the Thunder can't play on the road. The Kings can. And the Thunder aren't terrible on the road, but. 13 and 21 versus 22 and 13, bro. That is a vast difference. Vast difference, right? <laughs> vast difference. The thing is, um, it depends. It depends on seeding. Who do you think yeah. is the second seed? Um, you know, right now, uh, it's looking like four or five is going to be Phoenix and uh, Clippers. Uh, six, six, six will six. Man, probably, I don't know. I, I can tell you six gonna be. I, I think six. No, I think six is now because Dallas won that game against the Lakers. I think it solidified them as six because it's just going to be so hard for the Lakers to crawl back up to six. Um, uh, so seven through seven and eight is going to be tough. I think. It's good. I think it ends up being the Warriors and Lakers, but that determines a lot in terms of, you know. Bro, I would take the Warriors or the Lakers over the Kings. I'm not picking the Warriors. I, no, I just, you know what they, they have nothing oh, for. Hey, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm not, not doing that. I'm not sure I can say that at this point. I'll say oh. this for all the Lakers' troubles, for all the Lakers' troubles. For all the Lakers' troubles, the one thing they do do, they can string together stops in a row game. I've yeah. seen it. The Warriors have not defended on the road all year, and that that is trouble against the Kings. Yeah, That's the only know, thing out there. Lakers' only know, problem is they can't close a game up forward with 30 seconds. Yeah, but, you know, it's different when LeBron gets there at, at the right, end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> we know what it looks like. But obviously with AD leading the show, you get you know, BS like you saw against Dallas. But uh, my, but my – so fucking bad. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The West is so bad, dude. But yeah, yeah exactly. But you, but my point with the Warriors and the Kings, another point is, man, those games are gonna be, those games are gonna be rocking, bro. Every, every single game, you talk about Battle of NorCal too, Sacramento <laughs> Kings. They're gonna have a, bro. It's gonna be, it's gonna like the Warriors, as the Warriors, like the players on the Warriors are gonna look, think, treat it like you know, oh, it's just a, you know, we're trying to get another chip type thing. You know, we've been inconsistent all year. The Kings are going to be up for them at every single game. They are going to be up for them. And the, the way the Warriors have just been this year, even when Wiggins comes back, is he mentally is he mentally ready to hoop? Like, you know what I mean? With you know, we don't know what's going it's, it's if it's that serious of a thing, like is he even mentally ready to hoop this year? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's bro, nah. So we're we're taking the Kings to win the West? No, no, I don't no, know. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, you know. I have to see. I think King said it's right. I gotta see the matchups first. Yeah. Because th- here's why I am with a couple teams. Sacramento probably too young. Kings, you gotta. Agree. Like, would you agree, bro? Like, if it don't happen this year for the Clippers, it might be it's a not, wrap. Like this. Well, this is the easiest. I'm saying. I'm saying. No, 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 no. I agree with you. I'm saying, but like, if it doesn't happen this year, this like this is their best chance to me. That's what I'm saying. This is their best chance to me. This is the Clippers' best chance to me. Yeah. You're right. They're healthy. They're healthy. Everybody exactly. else is. I exactly. mean, it, it, 
it's no excuse anymore. If, if, they, if got like, point, they got they got the point guard, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. They, they, they got the point guard, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, got the point guard healthy, got the, the playoff coach. If it don't happen, bro. I think this is it. I think this is the Clippers. Like, it has to happen this year if it's going to happen. To me, that's what I've been looking at. That's what I've been kind of trending towards for a couple of weeks now, looking at the whole the whole get down. Especially you got Kawhi playing at an incredible level right now, too. So if you think the Clippers don't do it this year, you think they blow it up in the offseason? No, they won't blow it up because, you know, Bomber's got – he got a new arena coming. He's got to have a good team to open a new arena with. So, he'll uh, – They'll definitely make a coaching change. Yeah. I don't even think they do that. I just, you know – I'm gonna tell you right now, based on what I know, when I get to Bomber's gonna do whatever Kawhi wants. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's moving like that with the Clippers. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah. All right. Um staying in the West. So we got a first update on LeBron in three weeks. The three week mark passed for his foot injury. Uh there's no official timetable put on it. Darvin Ham just said that he's sure that he will return at some point. Uh, obviously, Lakers tonight with a tough win, squeeze one out at home against a very scrappy young Orlando team that did beat the Clippers the other night. So, Lakers pushed themselves back into 10th, three way tie with Utah, Minnesota, Pelicans, half a game behind all those teams. Man, um, are you a little bit worried about LeBron not having an official timetable? I mean, do you think it's a thing that needs surgery at this point, or how do you? Like what are you? Where are you with his foot? Because it's like there's no they've not given a, a a set number of weeks or days, which is kind of strange, given where we are in the season. So where are you with that? Um yeah, I mean for me it's um for me I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, they're taking on the air side of caution. The LeBron is someone who generally returns on the earlier side. Yeah, whenever he, whenever he has a timeline. So if you remember when he gave, they gave him the three weeks, um, they gave him that three weeks, so uh, we'll check back on it. I think they'll have a better idea once once that's high. I don't think that timeline has passed yet. So I think they're still waiting on the uh, follow-up. Uh, you know, with the comments from Dennis, comments from Ham, uh, they definitely, like, you know, you don't just say somebody's going to come back. That's going to happen. You don't get Dennis saying that, hey, the German doctor is best. <laughs> They're not expecting him back. But I, I, I told people, I was like, you know, with the way it happened, it was always going to be on the side of caution and that they are going to, you know, it was, for them, it was simple. They wanted to see how the team looked like. They think they can compete with LeBron there. If it's not good enough to get to the playoffs without him, then there's no need to force him back. Is there mm. right? So if they can't get to the playoffs without him, there's no need to force him back because it's not a good enough team in that aspect. But if they can hold it down, be a solid place. I mean, they win. They they beat the Mavericks. They're literally the sixth seed right now. I mean, it's really. I mean, you're talk about your eighty bonehead plays away from being the sixth seed. <laughs> like that, that's really what we're talking about right now. Your eighty bonehead oh, player, Houston Rockets, win away being the sixth. Like that's where the Lakers are at right now. So, you know, they, they've managed fine without Ron. Uh, he'll be able to come and take the full rest needed. Uh, I think it's just precaution. I mean, like I said, Bron is, is with, with, the, with his playing, if he's not right, he, he'll sit, but you're not, he's not the type to be forced out. So I definitely think he's going to be back. I'm not worried about that. Agree. Go ahead, Jordan. I agree. As someone that had the Mavericks plus four and a half the other night, 
I mean, I was I wasn't more ecstatic to see that crumble at the end of the game, to be honest. But uh, I agree. Like that was a terrible game. They should have won that game. They would have been in a higher seed at this position. But you know, the West is so it's so bunched together that at the end of the day, it's like at this point you got to win as many games as possible. Obviously, but I think you get LeBron back at the end of the year. You're a playing team. I mean, you could definitely make a run to a title, like. This is the one time in NBA history I think I can consider where it's like I could consider an eight seed winning a title. It doesn't ever happen. But the Warriors, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, the Warriors, yeah, the Warriors, one of them, but the Lakers, another one, they get into the playoffs, they're an eight seed, play one seed in Denver. I think they healthy, they could definitely beat Denver. Seven I got, seed, the, I, got Warriors, I got the Warriors over Denver if they play for sure. Either either the Lakers or or the Warriors, I think both of them healthy can beat the top two seeds. So it's like, I think this is the one year in the history of the NBA. I think the Western Conference is so wide open that it's like, you just got to get in and be healthy, and you can make a run. Yeah, I just um, I, I'm with King. I kind of lean towards King. I think whoever comes out of the East is going to win the title. I, I, I was like, that's how I like just what my head tells me right now. So I don't know about a title, but a run, a, a run for sure. I just a, a healthy Bucks team when Giannis playing the right way. Uh, the Celtics always depends on what the, where their three point shooting is. They catch a heater; they're going to be tough to beat uh, in the seven game series. So I, I think the champion comes out of the East. But yeah, I mean it, it's wide open. The teams at the top, we don't know. Uh, Jazz going to come back next week after his suspension. We'll see how they look at full tilt finally. Um, Sacramento's, you know, a little wet behind the ears. There's no experience. Denver, you know, you guys think they're fraudulent. Uh, I take them a little more seriously than you do. <laughs> and then uh, Clippers, Suns, KD's got to come back. It just, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> so I think it is definitely wide open. Well, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. Um, with Jock coming back, we really shouldn't underestimate Memphis. They're a top defense team. They're the best defensive team in the West. With job back, they got that rim pressure threat. Guy scores twenty eight can get his can get his guys open looks. These guys, bro, regardless of all the the noise, these dudes love playing with each other. Like there's there's <laughs> no there's no questions about these dudes love they love going to war for each other. They love antag they all antagonize the other team. Like you look at Dylan Brooks talking to uh, Clay Jared Jackson Jr. was right there with him. Yeah, yapping just right there with him. Like they love the role, the villain role that they're in. The whole team loves out probably Sans Steven Adams because he's more laid back. He wants them to be more professional, but all the young guys love the role they play. So I you know, I think we kind of just want to lean towards the teams that that's established. But look, Memphis Grizzly, they go to the finals. I'm not shocked, bro. That, hmm. that, that's I bet awesome. be best defense in the NBA. So like that's that 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 tracks right with playoff basketball, so I, I I get it, I get it, kid, I get it, I get it, I get it. There's, I mean, there's there's five teams in the West that they go. I'm not surprised. That's there's literally five. Exactly. So I, yeah. It's crazy because the the Warriors right now are the third betting favorite to make the what to make the finals out of the they, West. Out of the West, I should say, because the Phoenix is number one, uh, six fifty. Denver seven fifty. Warriors plus thirteen hundred. Mm. All right, man. Let, let let's head out east. 
We've been talking big, blah, a lot of Western piles go out east. Philadelphia 76ers. Man, I, I put this tweet out. I was like, if I didn't have Harden and Embiid's health slash playoff performance ingrained in my mind, I would be extremely, extremely tempted to pick them to come out. Like that team looks amazing uh, right now. Harden is efficient again, boys. He he is. They they look absolutely amazing right now. Um, again, they've got they've got Boston by half a game for the second seed right now. Milwaukee's obviously the hot team. Just I, I got to ask you guys, how serious are we taking the 76ers or are we to a point where we just don't trust James Harden in big games and Harden and B's body to stay together? Or do we full, do we believe in him? Jordan, take it first. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I Not only do you think that or we think that, I think the entire market – betting market feels that way because the Sixers are plus 1100 to win the, win the title has wow. to be the Bucks and the Celtics in the East. So with that being said, I, I, I think, you know, I think anybody that follows pro basketball, NBA basketball, all feels the same. We've seen this story before the Celtic or the Sixers have been good before in the regular season, but they fold when the time comes and you know, we've seen James Harden do it in Houston. So I think until they prove us otherwise, I don't think we can – I don't. I wouldn't put my money on them. Well, no. uh, uh, the devil's advocate a little bit, I'll say. Uh, Embiid, I think with Embiid, when he's upright, he's a very good playoff performer for the most part. It's just that he's always has something to deal with in the playoffs that hampers what he's able to do. He always gets hurt. Yeah, I mean that that's what I'm worried about. If he's up, well, we haven't seen him upright. If he's upright at his best, he's upright I mean, in, uh, Giannis is probably a, just a tick ahead of him at his best as far as impacting a, a playoff game. Like in beads, like he's that special when he's on. He's, he's not upright. that that far behind Giannis as far as you know impacting the game. The, he was upright huh? in the he was upright in the Raptors series. They lost. And they only lost that series when he went off the floor. Yeah, when he, when was, he was on the floor, they were the better team, clearly, in that he series. Was a new, he was a huge positive. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a crazy thing. Like, he wasn't scoring, but his plus minus was just crazy. Yes. His impact on Kawhi was just crazy. I mean, you even saw it with the game-winning <laughs> shot. And he was right there. Yeah, you know he made I mean? a crazy like, shot. I agree with both of you guys, but at the end of the day, it's like, we don't – first of all, James Harden could be as healthy as a horse. We know how James Harden performs in the playoffs. That's you know? fair. That's fair. And, and, and that go ahead. Go ahead, Kings. No, I was gonna say that was I mean, my thing, that was my point is uh yeah. just, <laughs> they have all they have all the things going against them. You have James Harding, you have Joel Embiid, you have Doc Rivers, and you have to a lesser talking point to Bias Harris. You have a lesser talking point to Bias Harris. I mean, you just have guys who just don't show up when the when the games matter. So it's like you just you can't pick them unless they actually prove to you you can pick them. Like you just can't do it. But I mean, with the talent, I mean, I, I even say this is because Rico's always said, you know, we've always given Embiid hell, and I, I agree. Like that Celtics match is what got me concerned the most. But the thing that they haven't seen is the Celtics with a playmaker and scoring threat. I mean, the Sixers with a playmaker and scoring threat in Harden. I mean, it was it was one thing for the Celtics to guard Embiid when they had 
Ben Simmons, right? Or, you know what I mean? Or they had uh, Ben Simmons was gone. They had no playmaker. It was just Embiid and a bunch of, you know, random. But to have him when it's Maxi, when it's hard and Harden can set them guys up, that's a different – you have to guard and be completely in that scenario. So, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's, can we trust the kids? Because it comes out to me like this. Because it's like 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 uh, Jordan said, you know, when Embiid's upright, he's impactful, but he isn't always upright. The same thing can be said in the Western Conference. The all the betting favorite, oh Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul always hurts himself in the playoffs. Like for the past how long, he's always gonna get hurt. Like that's just what ha- ends up happening to Chris Paul. He can- gets a hamstring injury, and then the team he's on is hindered because he's yes he has an injury. So it's like with you know what I mean with things like that, it's like it's just hard to pick certain teams. When you know they have a history of things always happening, regardless of how good it looks on paper and how wide open anything is, it's like something just always happens. And at some point, the trend becomes the reality. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you just can't think I think the same thing happened with the Bucks too, because the Bucks for two years, they were the number one seed and fell short. And everyone was like, well, we can't trust the Bucks until they, until they show us they can do it. The Bucks did it. Then the following year, Chris Middleton is hurt, and everyone's like, "Yeah, well, you know, thirty-four still on the court, so you know they still have a fighting chance." And Giannis took the Celtics, who en- ended up winning the East, to seven games. Right? He was, he was, he was done at the end of that series. He just had nothing left in the tank. They, they just without Middleton, this is so much on his plate. I think the same thing can be said for the Sixers because it's like we get. Like, it's fair for us to sit here and say, well, they haven't shown us that they can do it. So why should we put our money behind them doing it? Because I wouldn't. Like, that's not a good investment to me. You know what I mean? Like, Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. And James Harden continuously throughout his career, last 10 years, struggles in the playoffs, especially in big games. Right? So I can't find myself to put – uh you know, to put my money behind them to win. Because at the end of the day, it's like if the Celtics and Sixers face each other as a 2-3 seed, I'm going to take the Celtics. I don't care who the coach is. Because at the end of the day, they still have the better team, in my opinion. Well, it depends what version of That's a perfect segue because <laughs> the Celtics' best player uh, was the MVP candidate. I think it's kind of tailed off with his performance. Tate, Jason Tatum put up a lot of stinky performances lately. Kind of hit a hit a uh, really a lag. Still averaging thirty a game, ironically, on sixty percent true shooting. So still having a great season. Um, just some games recently, man. Four of twelve and a loss to the Jazz. Trailblazers eight of twenty at Timberwolves four for sixteen. Uh, the past two weeks have really been rough. Eight for twenty two against the Hawks. Um. I have a theory about this. It's not really analytic friendly. Kings, I'll let you go first. What 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 why do you think Tatum is um is prone to these these stints where he struggles um uh, efficiency wise? I mean, like this this game is just predictable in terms of how he attacks teams. So I mean, if it's three balls not going, um he's just not gonna be good because he can't get to the rim, sure, but he's not a rim seeker by any any means. His, his right. threat of getting to the rim heavily depend on his ability to hit jumpers. So if his jumper is not falling, him forcing himself to the rim isn't an efficient thing because he's not a rim seeker. He, he can make plays at the rim. He's tall, he's long, he's athletic. But again, his ability to get there is heavily 
uh, dependent on his jump shooting uh, prowess. So if he's not hitting, it's harder for him to get to the rim. Um, that's where, like, you know, the mid-range, you know, truthers come in because it's like, hey, if he has a shot that he can go to when his three's not falling, he's struggling to get the the, the team defense is giving him that mid-range shot that can maybe quell some of his his scoring drops you know what i mean you know instead of him maybe going uh six for 20 you know he might go you know nine of 18 or you know what i mean right, right, right. you know what i'm saying like it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know it's it's not a shot he has to necessarily take as a go-to shot it's a shot he should be willing to consider uh, you know what I mean? It, it, right now, his shot diet is not, it's really an, not even a thought process, right? When you're looking at his shot chart most of the time, I mean, it's not because he can't do it. It's just because it's obviously he's playing a play style that's been uh, promoted by the front office, by the team's coaching staff, and, you know? So, um, they're, they're, I mean, at this point, they're going to live and die by that. Um, it's been successful for most of the year. It was almost successful last year, but some argued it came to bite them in the in the but in the, in the finals and you know I I think it'll definitely hurt them again this I think it'll hurt them against a healthy Milwaukee team I mean yeah um, people people I think people not only the people undersell the Chris Middleton being absent just not dying just for the impact he has and the history he has with Boston but just even off the workload taking the workload off Giannis but even Drew is just better this year as well like Drew has taken Drew is having uh, a season uh, offensively. <laughs> the season, you know, it's like, and then you have better depth. You know, I mean, you're not as reliant on Grayson Allen because you can play Crowder more, you can play Ingles more. You're not playing George Hill. You know what I mean? It's less liabilities that the Bucks have to play. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's a different team. Uh, but also the Celtics are better. You have Malcolm Brogdon, Derek Wright's been playing well. You know what I mean? But you know, a guy who's had big for him, uh, Grant Williams, last year. He's not as good, though. So, you know what I mean? He, he's worse this year. Horford's a year older. So, at the same time, it's other factors, too. So, you know, Milwaukee's old, but, you know, some of the Boston's reliable players are getting older and not as good as they used to be. So, it's it's one of those things, man. It's can't help but feel it's going to come back to bite. Right. It'd be a, season, a reason why their season comes up short. And, uh, you know, it's just that play style is just yet to win. I mean, even people keep talking about the Warriors. The Warriors shot. That's one of the biggest fallacies with the Warriors. They shot mid-range jumpers. Clay took mid-range <laughs> jumpers. KD took mid-range jumpers. Like, it was, it, you know, we all we obviously know about Sean Livingston. That's all he took. You know what I mean? It's just a complete fallacy with, with, for the Warriors that, that all they took was threes. They were just so great at threes. They got them up with Bond that, pe- that teams were scared to death of giving I was gonna say, I think I think I think what Kerr was able to do, like quick side jump, he was able to use the threat of the three to get exactly. so many layups and and even exactly. a lot of rim pressure through cutting and back screens. Like there was a point yeah. where they were running the step at the three point line to give somebody a dunk at the, when the yep. Warriors were at their peak. So that's yep. definitely uh you know uh, definitely a foul. So like you said, go ahead, Jordan. No, I agree with the I agree with the Kings there. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't have anything else to add. I think he I think he hit it all. Like I he took everything out. So my thing with with Tatum, the 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 King said the mid range truthers. Um, I've, I've I've said this before. Like I get it. What the map says. Jordan took us through that last week when we had the mid range talk. But I think your star has to be has to get it at all three levels. 
because of the playoff, the defense gets so complex. They take your strengths away. Your stars got to be able to score at all three levels and get to the free throw line. So I think that's where um, I think Tatum will have to adjust in order for them to get over that hump. But like I said, still averaging 30 on 60% true shooting, which is the mark of a super efficient top-level elite score. Um, Also, I'm still going to point this out. Tatum's obviously the guy, but there's been some, to me, BS that there's a Grand Canyon cap between him and Jalen Brown, and I just really don't believe that's the case, especially this year. Jalen Brown is having himself a a season this year. I think it's like 27, 27, and 7. Of almost fifty percent shooting, like he's having himself a, a year. He's going to go all NBA. The biggest thing with the Celtics from this year, from last year, they're not as good defensively. I, I, yeah. I was really about to bring that point up, Jordan, and they speak to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's not good defensively this year, and and you know, I was usually on the you know, it's not as bad as people like to say. I was actually a, I used to be offended by the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum stuff in terms of how people just write out Jalen Brown, bro, like. Jalen Brown has not been defending this year. Uh, I you actually agree with the yeah. well, this year. He's, it's, it's he's just guy. he's he's just like Clay Thompson defensively. Very good on ball. Absolute space cadet off the ball. I also think uh, Horford, <laughs> a year older, has hurt him too because like Horford's not as efficient on both sides of the ball as he was last year, right? Like he was a huge. Yeah, upgrade yeah, last year. Like, yeah. He was the biggest difference in the Buck series last year. Remember that game where he went off for like 33 points or whatever? Yeah, like that was a big difference. And this year he's like, he's just not the same guy. Yeah. Man. Whoo, we'll see. Like I said, man, I, I accepted to the one team. I will readily admit I am biased against that team. I hope it all crumbles. I do not like that basketball team. Just history man so we'll see what happens make sure you follow jordan rules tsp on twitter uh rip kingsborough on twitter myself jj mabel 55 underscore mst before we get out of here um jordan give us something with nba and something with march madness please that's in full effect so give us a nugget give somebody let's help somebody make some money real quick i got a couple things uh so first we'll go to the cbi tournament which is on Monday. Southern true true degenerate level, not even NIT, CBI. Yes, sir. Southern Utah minus six. Love this bet. Southern Utah, one of the most efficient offensive teams in the country. One of the best uh, teams in the WAC. They lost at Grand Canyon in the WAC tournament. Uh, This is a solid spot for them. I love uh, Southern Utah minus six tomorrow. Going to the NBA, I love the Utah Jazz plus six and a half at home against the Kings. Getting six and a half points at home against the Kings. Against getting six and a half points. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Kings six and a half. Fourth straight road game in Utah. Elevation. Love this spot for the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz are also really good at home, by the way. Plus six and a half. Um, and then we'll go. I'll give you a March Madness pick on Friday. Uh, for the March Madness tournament, we're going to my boys, San Diego State. As <laughs> Brian Dutcher, my guys, plus seven against the Alabama. I mean, this team, Alabama, they're killers, dude. 
on multiple yeah. levels. I don't lie. That that is one of the most athletic teams I've seen in college basketball in the last few years. Yeah, man. They got they, like yeah. they got like they got like three guys rebounding with armpits at the rim, bro. Ooh, Alabama? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they also kill people. Yeah. <laughs> For what that's worth. Uh anyways, I love San Diego State plus seven. San Diego State is one of the best defensive teams in the country. They are absolutely as athletic and more physical than Alabama will be. Uh, give me Mensah. Give me Matt Bradley. I'm telling you guys, this San Diego State team, they are not like the city of San Diego. They are very physical. They get down to it. They love to scrap, and they will defend you like you stole their fucking money. Sorry, excuse my language. They defend you like you stole their money. I love San Diego State here plus a seven. I think they're actually going to win this game outright. I think they're going to beat Alabama. Uh, so mark my words, you could. I'm going to just tell you that the, the, the SEC been different this tourney, bro. Yeah, Kentucky. Just, <laughs> huh? Kentucky just lost. Uh, the, Tennessee looks real. Alabama looks real. Arkansas looks real. I'm just saying, but okay. I'm telling you, San Diego State, baby. And then I'll give you guys one a bonus pick, a bonus pick for tomorrow. We're going to go baseball, World Baseball Classic. Under okay. eight and a half runs, Japan and Mexico. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, I got you. I got go you. ahead. Again, get you some money. If you win anything, make sure 10% goes to the Temple of Hoop. <laughs> guys, be safe. And we are out of here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry.